Hi everyone, and welcome back to the C3 Queanbeyan podcast. This week, we listen as Pastor Mike presents his message entitled, When Life Gets Blurry, Adjust Your Focus. We hope you enjoy listening along and have a blessed week. Hey, we are in the midst of February with our theme, Refocus. And uh, Pastor Sarah spoke an incredible word last week on Refocus, practical word. If you didn't hear it, uh, head to our podcast, download it, listen to it, it's good. Um, Who took on the challenge, the homework from last week, and actually took some time out to write down your goals? few of you, that's good. All right, also you guys have still got some homework to do, that's good. Not going to dock you any marks for late moments, but um, but it's an important part of our journey to actually sit down and go, God, what do you actually want for me? What do you want for me? And uh, as I was thinking and contemplating what um, to speak into today and uh, looking at our scripture that we've sort of put over this entire series, I really felt just a pull in terms of our focus, needing to change, needing to shift. And so the title of my message for those of you that are writing notes is, When Life Gets Blurry, Adjust Your Focus. When Life Gets Blurry, Adjust Your Focus. And um, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, and I have a lot of them, but one of my favorite ones that I hold on to a lot is in Philippians 3.12. It says, Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already achieved, arrived at my goal, I press forward to take hold that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Scripture is my mantra, it's my everything, it's what I go back to going, God, what is it that actually drives me? What is it that actually pulls me? I press on toward the goal to win the prize. I want to win the prize. Anybody else competitive out there? There's some hands. It's <laughs> good if you're not competitive or if you are competitive and didn't raise your hand. Are you actually competitive? Ooh, 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 ooh. But the scripture that we're coming out of for um, this series is from Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. It says, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the left or the right. Keep your foot from evil. God, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, that it is living and active. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you would speak through me this morning. Lord, that these words, Lord, that are in your scriptures would come alive in our own hearts. Lord, that we would find ourselves refocused on you in a brand new way. Lord, where uh, where distractions come in, where there's things that have blocked us or we've put partitions in the way, Lord, I pray that you would blow all of that away. Lord, I thank you that you are seeking after us, but we would have a moment where we can completely focus on you. Lord, that our eyes wouldn't turn to the left or to the right, but they would be focused on you. We thank you, Lord, that this word would drop inside of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Refocus means to adjust the focus of a lens or one's eye. I don't know if you saw Bex taking photos this morning. I will be interested to see if they are in focus. Um, Or focus our attention and resources on something new and different. God is actually wanting you to focus on him. He wants to have your full attention. 
He wants you to be looking at him. And we have so many things in our lives that have been put in place to distract us, whether we acknowledge them um, as what they are or whether we are blind to be able to see them. There's so many things in this day and age that distract us or pull us or misdirect us away from actually following after God in the way that he actually wants us to. When I was younger, I think I told a story a couple of weeks ago, my grandpa used to buy me good presents. So this is another good present that my grandpa got me, was a microscope. One thing that they don't make like they used to because they're plastic and cheap these days and um, you can buy them from Kmart. But this was a good one um, that I actually really loved just trying to find things outside that I could put underneath the microscope. But the thing about the microscope is that you've actually got to pay attention to what you're looking at. You can put it underneath the, the lens on your little slide. Anybody else did that in biology? Yeah. Yes, Abby, <laughs> for life. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, you, you can find those little things and you put them underneath there and you, and you have a look down the tube and actually looking at the tiny little organisms or microcosms or cells or whatever you're actually looking at. Um, I saw a really gross one yesterday of um, live meat that had live stuff in it. Um, Ash had an experience of live maggots in meat and tried to fight that one. Um, <laughs> but there's all sorts of things in your food that you don't want to really think about. It's just just get trust, yeah. trust that it's going to do good things for you, maybe. Um, <laughs> but the thing about the microscope is that you actually have to focus. You actually have to have your eye at the right uh, altitude and <laughs> and the right place to be able to see it. You've actually got to look. You can't just look from the side and go, yeah, that looks pretty good. You've actually got to look into it. And you, Sometimes you close your other eye as well. But it just got me thinking about our focus on God. Are we tunnel visioned? Are we looking actually down the microscope and looking at God for who he actually is? He wants us to actually put blinders on. He actually wants us to actually have a channel where we're just looking at him, seeing him for all he is, seeing his glory like we were just singing about. But we can often just, we haven't adjust, adjusted the focus or we're not looking at it down the right path. I don't know if you've ever looked at looked through a telescope at um, planets. We went to the uh, where was that place? Yeah, observatory a few months ago, um, and the same thing. Like if you're not looking at the looking at it at the right angle, you're just going to see blackness. Um, or if you're off by a couple of degree. You're literally stirring at nothing as well. But if you actually put it on the right thing, you focus in, you hone in on that right space, you can actually have an experience where you're like, whoa, that is amazing. And God's actually wanting to have that moment with you. He's wanting to completely blow your mind, but he wants you to focus on him. And there's so many things in life that will cause us to be distracted uh, this is not an exhaustive list, but there's distractions in our environment. We have lack of sleep, stress and anxiety, multitasking, constant notifications, hunger, dehydration, boredom, procrastination, health issues, lack of clear goals last week, <clears throat> negativity, external interruptions, 
being overwhelmed, personal issues, perfectionism, poor time management. There's so many things in our own lives that will distract us from actually having a moment where we're focused on him. And God is calling each and every one of us to focus. He's calling each and every one of us to adjust our focus, to focus on him. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And I love this scripture that we're coming out of in Proverbs. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. You know, we actually have to be intentional with the way that we're living our life, with the walk that we're walking, with the things that are going on in our lives. John 10.10 10 says, the, key, the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. If the devil can distract you, if the devil can push you off slightly, if he can keep you from focusing on God, if he can keep you from pressing into him, if he can keep you from reading the word, he can keep you tired, he can keep you distracted, he actually wins at the end of the day because you're distracted from focusing on God. And so we actually need to take responsibility ourselves. This isn't something that you just come into church and it's just magically done and dusted. It's something that we need to come and approach the throne of God daily to focus on him, to ask him, you know, what... What do you think about this situation? What, what, what should I do about this decision that I need to make? I need help with this relationship. This person at work's really irking me, but I need you to show me how to love on them. They might be going through something that we've got no idea about. And we actually need a word of knowledge to figure out how we can actually love on them with the love of God or see them through the eyes of Jesus. The eagle that chases two rabbits loses them both, was a quote that I read this week. As he's going after the two, he's going to lose them both. Imagine taking a magnifying glass and a piece of paper out into a hot garden, or to a garden on a hot sunny day, with the intention of starting a fire. Has anybody ever done that in their lives? I've definitely talked about this before, but I'm just taking it a little bit different. But if you keep shifting the magnifying glass, kids don't try this at home, if, if you keep moving the magnifying glass, it actually just doesn't do anything. You'll literally just have a magnifying glass and, look, and a piece of paper, and you're like, cool, I've got two things. This is great. Um, <laughs> but if you hold the magnifying glass still and focus on that one position, you can harness the sun's powerful rays. Before you know it, the paper starts to smolder and you have fire. Same applies to our thinking. When we remain focused, positive or negative, the object of our thinking eventually materializes. And uh, we've seen it so often in people's lives where, we've take, where they've taken a negative stance on a certain situation and it's just manifested, gotten bigger, gotten deeper. And, but as they've taken and realised that moment where they're over here in this negative space and going, all right, I'm going to put off this thinking. I'm going to step into something else. I'm going to believe that the word is, like God's word is true, that he cannot lie, which is true that all things are possible through him who believes, we're going to start declaring things over our life and start being positive about whatever it is that we're walking through. Things actually work out. Things actually become better. It's amazing how that all works out. But what is your focus on? Is your vision blurry? Is there, is there things in your life that are distracting you from actually stepping further into your relationship with God? Are there physical you know, distractions that are out there? whether it's, it might be your phone is a distraction for you or a, another person or a negative person in your life that you're needing 
maybe to step away from or there's plenty of things. I'm sure you can think of things that are distracting you from actually following the purpose that God has for you. And I think as, and I know that as we actually take a moment to focus, to look down that microscope, to focus in, to hone in all of our, all of us to actually following God, that he will reveal himself in an amazing way. The consequences for losing our focus, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. The consequences of losing our focus on Jesus is that we lose our way. We lose the, the calling. We lose the, the drive sometimes for doing things. And we've, I've seen it so often. I grew up in church and uh, my parents planted C3 Church in Adelaide Hills when I was 12. So nearly 30 years ago, and we, see, we had seen and have seen so many people come and go finding something that they've either been offended by or just completely losing focus on what God has for them in that moment. And God has a plan and a purpose, a perfect plan and purpose for each and every one of us. And as we actually focus on what that is, focus on God, rather than the people that are around us or those that may have irked us in a wrong way. I love church because we all come into this place with our own opinions, with our own personalities, and God's like, get along. And there'll probably be people in this room that just throw you off or you get a, like, I don't really want to hang. But we've got to see them with the love of Jesus. Got to see them through the filter of Jesus. And as we focus on Jesus, as we allow him to work through us, to become that sponge that we were talking about a few weeks ago, as we overflow with his love, we can actually find ourselves loving on those people that maybe are hard to love on. There's a, uh, another character in the Bible that you might not know of, and this, this was going to be the title of my message. <laughs> it was, Don't be a Demas. So there's a, there's a character in the Bible called Demas. Demas? Anybody, anybody read about Demas? Well, there's three verses in the Bible that talk about Demas. So there's not very many, so you might have missed it. But in Colossians 4, 14, it says, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does Demas. Right. In Philemon 2, verse 4, sorry, India didn't give you that one properly. Ephraz, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends his greetings to you and so do Mark um, Aristocas, Demas, and Luke, my follow, fellow followers. And then in 2 Timothy 4, 9 to 10, says, Do your best to come to me soon, for Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Don't be a Demas. And, and I, I silly, sillily, stupidly put that into Google and there's a massive blog about don't be a Demas and this couple actually use that to pull themselves out of their stinking thinking. So don't be a Demas. Don't be a person that falls in love with the world and runs away from the calling that God actually has for you. He could have walked in. He could have had so many more scriptures or so many more stories that Paul had written about him, but he lost his way. He fell in love with the world. He, he wanted to find things. The grass was greener on the other side, and, he, and, he, and there was only three scriptures written about him. But I want, it, I want us as a church, I want every single one of us to be written about in years to come that C3 Queanbeyan was a place 
where people were focused on God, where people were focused on the community, where people were so on fire for God that heaven came to earth, that this place was filled with his glory every single week because we made a decision to focus on God. We let the distractions of the world, the things that are out there to pull us wane and we actually walked into a place where we were in full connection with God. So don't be a Demas. Don't be a Demas. Don't lose your focus. Continue following on with God. And there's a whole bunch of people in the Bible that lost their way. And another one is Samson. And Samson, strongest man in the world, strongest man in the Bible, even stronger than the rock. <laughs> Strong. <laughs> like, or stronger than Arnie, or stronger than Arnie's son. Have you seen the pictures of Arnie's son? He's big. He's big as well. But Samson had a promise from God to be the strongest person in the world. And, you know, he killed a thousand people with a jawbone of an ass, jawbone of a donkey. Um, <laughs> my Bible says the other word, so I don't know what your Bible says. But he got distracted. He got distracted. Delilah distracted him. And, you know, sometimes girls can be distracting. When I was growing up, <laughs> this isn't going to... No, don't go there. <laughs> I was a bit of a demon. No, don't be a demon. <laughs> uh, uh, no, but when I, was growing, when I was growing up, we went over to Oxford Falls, um, which is the mothership of C3. Um, they used to have a... Um, used to be... Um, Pastor Phil and Chris planted that church like 42 years ago. And so we used to go there between Christmas and New Year's for a conference called Ozfire. And uh, this is actually where I met Sarah um, back when she was very young. Um, and, um, 13. <laughs> um, we didn't get together then. <laughs> Just anyways, um, long story, digress and everything. But at Ozfire, I was prophesied over by a person called Ed Trout. And he, he it was literally... Like, don't be a turkey, follow the eagles. And this um, word that was spoken over me was so actually so important for me in those days. Like, I didn't really understand it at the time. But looking back on it, I'm like, I could have been so distracted, could have been so easily entwined, so easily caught up in the ways that all of my friends were living, sleeping around, getting drunk, getting doing drugs, um, I did a few of those, and we'll talk. You can talk about that with me, um, off. <laughs> but <laughs> I live by grace. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. But I could have quite easily been distracted, and I was pulled in many, many directions for a long time before I actually found a, a connection with God that helped me refocus, helped me pull myself out of the thinking that I was in or the the tunnel that I was in, and head on a completely different direction the direction that God actually had for my life. And so there may be words, prophecies that are spoken over you um, in this place or or in your own life. You might be reading the, the word and God just reveals something to you in scripture or even just in your prayer time where God's like, I want you to do this. I, I, I want you to pull yourself. I want you to get rid of that thinking. I want you to actually step into a place where God, where I, God, can actually be your one focus, that you're not distracted by the things out there, that you're not distracted by your social media, you're not distracted by wanting likes, or you're not distracted by your millions of notifications that are coming up on your phone. You're actually having a moment where you're in complete connection with Him. With Him. 
as we go back to that scripture, the message translation of Proverbs 4, 23 to 27, with a little bit of um, addition to what we read before, but says, keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. We actually need to take these words and put them into practice. Keep vigilant watch over your heart. That's where life starts. Don't talk out both sides of your mouth. Avoid careless banter, white lies and gossip. Keep your eyes straight ahead. Keep your eyes straight ahead. If you're looking to the left and the right, now stop it. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Look straight ahead. Ignore all side show distractions. Watch your step and the road will stretch out smoothly before you. Look neither left nor right. Leave evil in the dust. You know, we actually need to heed Scripture. We need to heed to the words that have been written on these pages to, to take the warning and put it into practice. Like if the, if the Bible's saying it to us clearly that we actually need to take vigilant watch of our heart, then we actually need to do it. If we need to be walking straight lines and not looking to the left, let's actually focus in on that and do that together. Amen. So what microscope are you looking through? Or what binoculars are you looking through? Or what VR set are you looking through? Don't look through a VR set because that, that can go everywhere. But hone in your focus on God. Hone in your focus on what he has for your life. Embrace God's perspective for your life. Embrace his goodness and his grace over your life. Romans 12, 2 scripture i'm going to leave you with this morning it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and approve what god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will god has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us and as we make an intentional step to focus on him to trust in him to walk with him to keep our eyes from going from to all different sorts of things, as we focus on him, he will reveal himself to us. He will reveal his will to us, his good, pleasing and perfect will. What you focus on grows, so let's focus on God so that he can grow in our life. There's so much to discover in him. There's so many things that we can actually discover through him, the goodness and grace that he can, can and will continue to pour out on our lives as we focus on him. Let's be a people that make that step, that choice, that intentional, I'm going to do this. I'm going to focus on him. Amen. So let's commit to a season of refocusing on his purpose, each and every one of us. I believe that as we do that as a church, as we refocus, as we focus on just him, we leave all the distractions behind, we're going to step into a season like we've never experienced before. God actually wants to spend time with you he wants to hang out with you he wants to reveal himself to you he's seeking after you even when you're not when you're often distracted and you're doing your own thing he's still there he's ever present and so let's be a people that are right after him in everything that we do amen amen